0: Lucha-Mask.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution bringing
1: you in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Mask.com and fight
2: Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe and style, and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-mask.com. Powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network, and now Lucha Central Weekly.
0: Hello and welcome to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from the past week, covering Mexico-based promotions like AAA and CMLL and top independent uh, throughout Mexico, along with luchador-related news from WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, MLW, Impact Wrestling, and more. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on luchacentral.com. This podcast and others from the podcast network are available on luchacentral.com and major podcast platforms such as iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, PodBay, and Speaker. I'm Miranda Morales, one of the co-hosts of the lucha central weekly podcast and i said team yes there is no i in team but there's one in miranda um (laughs) either way i i have two fabulous co-hosts we do this show together we bring our knowledge to you the lucha libre fans first up on that i'm bringing in the dashing one dusty murphy dusty how are you doing today
3: Uh, i'm fantastic how are you doing miranda
0: I am doing well. It is actually raining here in Arizona today. So, uh, oh, a wow. big surprise. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it's very, it's what we call out here monsoon season. It rains for multiple <laughs> hours a day, and then streets get flooded and all of that kind of. Interesting stuff when, you know, it never rains where you live. You know, speaking of rain, it almost made me think I could live where this gentleman lives. Uh, but then I realized it got, you know, maybe too gloomy for him. Who Who are we talking about? Who am I talking about? Who? 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 I'm who? talking about Brandon Barr. I,
4: I see what you did there. I really, yep. I, I appreciate that. <laughs>
0: i try i try every week is harder every time we do i do this i'm thinking man i really got to pull something out of out of nowhere i really did have a thought of what you know oh my gosh is this what seattle looks like a bit just rainy kind of dark uh lots of lots of clouds maybe that's just you know the the image a lot of people have in, in their minds about seattle but you know it's been nice it wasn't 100 degrees today uh so I'm going oh,
4: nice. to I'll take it. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. So uh we I was listening to the to the intro there and we were talking about the lucha masks. Com up in the in the beginning there and uh I I wanted to just congratulate them. They sold out of the the Pentagon Venom masks and the restock again. So yeah, you know, those went something. so
3: fast. Yeah. That is People so love those. I have a few, right. and everywhere I wear them, somebody asks me, where did you get that mask? Right. Yeah, uh, even if we, they don't know what it is, they love it. Exactly. I well, get a lot well, that's of,
4: why they of sold of out,
3: mm-hmm. because <laughs>
0: Dusty's been repping them all over the place. You should get some <laughs> yeah. commission off that, Dusty. Uh, that's,
3: yeah, that's I hope so.
4: Any Kansas purchases
3: tie back to me, I'm sure. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> right. Tell, yeah. tell them the Lucha Central team sent you.
0: Yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, we need to get our own promo code. We got to talk with the bosses about that. If we can get, yeah. get our own little promo code for Lucha uh, Masks dot com. Uh, you know, I, I think we'd we'd be making you know a little bit of commission
4: off of that. Yeah. So. Well, I don't necessarily want to take money out of the pockets of the because those are all licensed through the wrestlers. So even that uh, El Santo mask that you can get there is licensed through the family. And, uh, oh, that's what the I need. Now. Money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't have more of your money, cool. Dusty.
3: Yeah, no. I, I already had designs on buying it. I had to have it. It's so yeah.
4: cool. It's uh, once I I saw I, I knew that they were uh they were all being licensed, like either mm-hmm. through Pro Wrestling Revolution or the Wrestlers themselves. But once I saw the announcement that uh Santo's family sponsored that one, I was like, Okay, there's the next one on buying too.
3: So Yeah. yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's fantastic. It's a kind of a, a strange thing about this year that, you know, thinking about, uh, where it's all taken us and how it's affected pro wrestling and lucha libre, um, is, is one of those nice things that, uh, the, the families and the luchadors themselves could benefit from something that really has come out of, you know, a pandemic. that something that's come out of something fairly negative. Some cool creativity, um, has, has come out of it and something that, you know, has really changing the the game of Lucha Libre uh, for non-wrestling fans and and wrestling fans alike. So it's very cool. Big congratulations to lucha-masks.com.
1: All Mm -hmm. right.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I talked earlier about all of the news uh, that we attempt to cover on a weekly basis this week, especially we got a lot of news to cover. We have WWE, we have Impact, and we even have some AEW news that Brendan in particular is uh, very close to this this story so i'm i'm very excited to learn more about this to get more into it but you're gonna have to wait because uh our signature opening segment uh speaking of of brendan is discussing the road back to shows brendan you Mm -hmm. have more announcements pretty big announcements as well uh regarding the road back to shows in mexico
4: uh yeah um and of course i have uh have have thrown my notes into the wrong place because i got all excited there we go
3: um i feel that way when i talk about masks too i (laughs) i I
4: just i wanted to make sure i had uh the uh i had a couple other things open to the right page and unfortunately (laughs) i in the process of that i closed out my other notes that's Amateur move, folks. Don't don't (laughs) close out your notes. Um, Okay, so road back to shows. That's where we're at. Um, We're going to start with the the uh, easy news. Mexico City is still orange. Um, It is the now the earliest that it will be changed to yellow, which is the minimum requirement for shows to happen at all. And those will probably be empty arena shows would be. August seventh, and then two weeks after, so August twenty-first, September fourth. Um, the uh, the the probability of uh, of of that uh, after from that point on, the probability goes to that they're going to start looking for uh, places other than Mexico City to host shows if they have to wait mm-hmm. that much uh according to a few speculators out there that's i i agree with that voice
3: um, yeah i do too it's six months i think it's inevitable they'll try to go wherever they can to hold yeah. shows mm-hmm. yeah i
4: mean as, as we're going to talk about other people have held shows in mm-hmm. other areas so there's certainly ways that they can do it um
3: yeah it's not without precedent
4: uh so uh one way though that we have we wanted to talk about i wanted to talk about was uh there's a new streaming service that's available for for us to watch uh so maslucha has started the streaming service i have a little bit of a review of it later of the actual service and and stuff but uh that is available on there so we will be definitely talking about that soon but for the bigger news that we were just alluding to triple a has started announcing plans. Uh, first and foremost, triple mania is indefinitely postponed. Uh, they're probably waiting until we can, they know what the future of, uh, of, uh, shows with fans is going to look like in the Mexico city area. Mm-hmm. But, uh, for the time being, they're focusing on, on, uh, they think of uh, what will be a new and unique way to make, uh, to make a little bit of, of, of money and, and have access to the fans, they are doing what uh, they call auto lucha. We talked about, mm-hmm. about it about this on previous shows. Um, Kevin has mentioned it when doing the mass republic minute on Conan show. This is drive-in theater with wrestling. Um, this is going to happen in the Six Flags Mexico. They have, which already has kind of arrangements to to have a mm-hmm. large number of cars and a theater, a exactly. natural amphitheater. So it's going to fit really well. It's going to be a very interesting idea. I'm really excited to see the visuals for this. Oh, uh, me
3: too. I think the presentation is going to be yeah. amazing, if nothing else.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, picture like like the you know those those uh fighting rings from all the action movies with headlights going Mm -hmm.
3: oh yeah circling the ring yeah
4: yeah yeah that's i'm go ahead
0: oh they did uh, provide some uh pictures as far as some uh uh, depictions of what it could look like when they make right. these announcements on social media. Um, it's even part of, uh, the story that they have on, um, ESPN Mexico. Um, and so that's just the visual of to, you know, what it, it could look like. Um, is very, very cool.
4: Yeah. The visuals are extremely cool. And, uh, I, I'm glad you mentioned the ESPN Mexico thing because, uh, that is a thing that uh, I'm discovering more and more as we're covering this, that ESPN Mexico loves to cover lucha news. And uh, that's, to those of us from coming from an American background, that's kind of surprising because ESPN hasn't been as accepting up here of uh, wrestling as a source of sports news mm-hmm. for a long time. So uh, I'm still investigating whether that's something that's ha- recent like it is here or if they've been doing it. I'm more of the line that they've probably been giving news at least on the big companies for a lot longer
3: than we we have yeah i i haven't been following the mexican espn website for very long but for at least the last three or four months at least since the podcast started they've covered quite a bit of wrestling Yeah. yeah
4: i my my minimum requirement up until i started this job was being able to speak spanish but i have uh since discovered the joys of Google Translate. So
0: it uh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll goes back oh, to how lucha libre in in Mexico is covered as more of a sport. Even though it is mm-hmm. you know professional wrestling, the way that it's treated there has always had more of a sports feel than in, you know, the United States. It's whereas We have, you know, say the WWE, you know, it was a big deal for ESPN to start covering WWE and in turn, they did start covering a little bit more, uh, you know, other promotions like AEW, uh, the the relationship with Evolve and some of the other independents. That was a very big deal because of the thought process that wrestling is not a quote-unquote, you know, real sport. And it's on the same website as all these other sports, whereas in Mexico, the Luchadores were treated like, you know like athletes and in the media and you know in journalism as well they were always treated I I believe in kind of on par with other athletes so I agree with Brendan I believe that this is something that has been uh, probably more typical uh, of ESPN Mexico than of you know ESPN in the United States and I think it's it's the beautiful thing about Lucha Libre is that the, the way that it's uh, uh perceived within the culture is fairly different and, and it is pro wrestling, mm-hmm. but they are recognized as athletes.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And it's also very much part of their culture. So mm-hmm. uh, a, an ESPN would be remiss to not have the chance to, to get that easy audience grab by talking about something that so much of Mexico is talking about and what hungry for more information on. But
1: go, that was actually the, Go ahead. No, no, no. Uh,
3: that, I was, yeah. That was actually when I was a kid, um, what kind of smartened me up to wrestling was the fact that they didn't have the results on the news or like in the yeah. newspapers after pay-per-views. Like I wondered about that. So I love that they do that in Mexico and help kind of keep that part of everything alive for people. Like that's that's awesome. Yeah. I'd I'd love that too.
4: But yes, Miranda, we can get back to the road to shows. Uh, you know, I, I, I
0: wanted to go back to Otto Lucha real quick because okay. we have talked about it in the American sense that it has been, you know, other other promotions have been trying to do that. I don't know how yeah. successful it has been. Um, I've seen some things here and there on, on social media, but I think that this is really going to be the largest scale of an Otto Lucha show in the world. So, I Absolutely. mean, that, yeah.
1: too, mm-hmm. is
0: going to be fascinating that it's going to be done to this scale because, um, yeah, and on the American side, that is truly like, and who knows? Uh, you know what? Uh, well, we did have that with at, at NXT, we had that back bra type of uh, match <laughs> with them. Um, with <laughs> Dream and Adam Cole. I feel like True. that's kind of a similar in a similar tone, but that's if, you know, like an AW put a whole show together, you know, mm-hmm. like that. So I think the scale of this for such a large promotion, like AAA is a very big deal that they're, they're going to explore this yeah. avenue. Um, and and I, I know in comparison, CMLL has been very adamant that they're not going to run any shows at all. Um, and, and wouldn't, explore something like this so also to see kind of how um the, just just the opposite uh ways that these two promotions the two biggest um lucha promotions in mexico are handling this is to me very fascinating
4: it, it is all very fascinating uh to another point you were alluding to the uh cml or not cml uh AAA has uh is saying that they want to have multiple shows in a day of this auto lucha so it would be a case of you they would set up the ring, have, have a show, have like a little bit of a break, have another show. So lots of people had opportunity to do this, which would put that in more of a category like what CMLL normally does, where they have a dedicated place to go see Lucha and you have more of a chance to do that. But even then, CMLL kind of in the past few years has been more about one show on Friday, one show on Saturday, that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. it's still a big exploration. It's this is all very exciting and uh there was a big press conference for it on Monday, I believe it was.
3: Yeah, I, didn't I think write,
4: you're right. I didn't it was write Monday down the or day. Tuesday. Didn't write down the day. Um the uh But that was the. It was a Zoom conference where they were talking about the future of AAA shows and how they thought this was going to be a big deal. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to the dogs of AAA because they were part of the interview too. (laughs)
3: Love it. Love that Uh, part. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you know it was Mexico.
4: (laughs) Well, that's how you know it's it's 2020, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is.
0: Dogs are now part of
4: every meeting.
3: Everything. Right. I love it.
4: Yes. Um, also, though, we were on the the uh, announcements that we were getting. CML has kind of bent a little bit. They said they will consider doing empty arena shows when Mexico City reaches yellow, which would be the time that they could theoretically do empty arena shows. They didn't say to how many or what they would be doing with them, but they did say that that is uh part of the plan because it seems to be taking so long to get back. So we might be seeing some CMLL in the next few weeks if we're lucky.
3: Oh, that'd be exciting. It's been so long.
4: Yeah. Uh, Aside from the
3: little Informa videos and all they do is just kind of get you excited for wrestling. Oh,
4: it's Mm -hmm. the worst. I mean, (laughs) I, (laughs) I, I get all excited. I'm like, Oh, and they still have that person and they want to talk to you. And then, and then I realize, but I'm not going to see them do any matches anytime soon because Mexico city Uh is still orange. Uh, um, Mm -hmm. But if if anybody from CMLL is, is listening, I listen to your informers every week and I get excited and we are all excited to have you back wrestling when it's safe to do so. Uh, speaking of when it's based, mm-hmm. safe to do show, the IWRG has also listed that they want to do shows, uh, but they are very definitely waiting until they're they're, they're cleared because uh, mm-hmm. they've already gotten their little slap on the wrist once. So mm-hmm.
1: uh,
4: they uh, they they have publicly said that that's the same. We wanna They want to be on a similar plan, and they are looking to do shows as soon as possible. Uh, and then I have another just random announcement because I follow Luchadors on Instagram and, and Twitter. Uh there is a show in Nashville called LuchaMania for July twenty oh, fifth. Wow.
0: Yes, I saw that uh, on social media as as well. Yeah. Just the Flyer
4: though. Just the Flyer, which has yeah. uh super crazy is really the only big name on it and He's, I don't know how he's planning on getting to Nashville because I believe he's still in Mexico, but uh, he's on the flyer. He's, he's pushing it out on, his, uh, on all of his social media, so he's uh, at the very least pretending like he's going to make it. So uh, keep your ears open, I guess. Uh, I, if I find out how to, how to watch it without getting to Nashville, I will probably be watching that just to let people hear about what's going on.
3: Yeah, that'd be exciting.
4: And uh, that's what I've got for our road to shows this week.
0: Now, last week we didn't have any Indie Roundup news, so I couldn't play this uh, new (laughs) intro music we have, but now we do. So I'm very excited Uh, and a big shout out to our own uh, uh, Dashing Dusty, who uh, created this, you know, lovely, lovely (laughs) uh, song for, for all of you to uh, listen. So let us introduce the Indie Roundup.
3: Wonderful. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I it was so fun to more. record. <laughs> so much more official now. I have my own little intro music. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a lot to talk about this. but uh, So DTU had their pool party event. Uh, several belts and wrestlers wound up in the pool. Uh, I didn't get to see this. Um, so fans that are listening, uh, we had this discussion. I don't know a lot about WhatsApp and I don't have a lot of good ways to send Mexico money to Mexico. Apparently most of them, I wasn't able to figure out how to watch this one because I didn't <laughs> get WhatsApp or non-PayPal methods to, to them. It was going to be inexpensive. So uh, people that have tips for the for that just go ahead and, and fire them off to me i will uh, happily listen to them even if yeah. they start with cheese you're dumb it's this really that easy because i'm sure it is <laughs> uh, but uh so we did have we do have some results these results i believe have been posted on lucho central as well um the first match you had multiple tag teams going each other against each other you had uh brazo celestial brazo de oro jr against Arrow Panther and Fight Panther Jr. and Drolux and Moria. And uh, Brazo Celestial and Brazo de Oro Jr. wound up on top on that. Then you had another multi-person event with Shun Skywalker, Pesadilla Yoshioka, uh, Blaze, Grand Cobra, Dragon Suicida, and Brazo Cibernetico Jr., Uh Sean Skywalker came out on top on that. Uh you had then we had Blackfire, Princessa Azul, Samurai Jr., Diosa quetzal Kevin, and Tiberion. I mean that's some that's some crazy branding right there to just call yourself Kevin, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And Kevin. (laughs) Kevin. That was Who's that?
3: Oh, that's Kevin. (laughs) Kevin.
4: That was actually a six-person event with uh, Blackfire, Princess Azul, and Samurai Jr. on one team, Diosa Quetzal, Kevin, and Tiburon on, on the other, with Blackfire, Princess Azul, and Samurai Jr. getting the win. Um, and then you had a, we had a tag team match, Crazy Boy and Crazy King, against Avorto and Taneke. I'm sorry, I apologize. Some of these names I did not practice very much. Um, Crazy Boy and Crazy King got the win on that one. And then the main event, we had Camouflage Stuka Jr. against Kelleth and Negro Navarro. And unfortunately for me, Negro Navarro's team did not win. Um, But that's uh, two big wins against uh, big names for Camouflage in the Mm last two events. So um, congratulations there, as you are definitely, that's definitely someone to keep your eyes on.
3: Yeah, he's on his way up
4: uh so that was DTU uh, they they did have belts and people going in the pool at times but I didn't really have the uh, have the details on who did that so I really want to see YouTube highlights later because uh... Uh,
3: I believe a vorto threw the title into the pool after <laughs> their match after Crazy boy and Crazy King won he threw the title into the pool.
4: Nice. <laughs> I mean you've got to do that there's a pool right there
3: Oh yeah. It's, it's So water. cool. It's like the old spring break shows, you know, like
4: yeah. I, yeah.
3: They, yeah, I love it. <laughs> and I think their next pay per view is supposed to be in a bar and it's gonna have a bar fight is the Cantina Extrema.
1: Yeah
0: for the oh, main event. <laughs> that kind of marketing is just sets it up to be something
1: oh, yeah. that so that perfect. is must watch.
4: <laughs> all of these themed bouts that dtu has been doing have been they just have great visuals like the ranch one with the blue mm-hmm. sky behind the ring had mm-hmm. the great visuals The the uh the ring being near the water for this pool party one just great so uh whoever oh, yeah. is doing their, their marketing and branding is really on point especially to to make these smaller shows have a little more punch and feel to them right now with the. Uh, covid going on so you can have a smaller crowd but still have make it feel like something really special is going on and then yeah. and then we get to the uh the the ladies tournament that mas supremo was hosting um miranda do you remember how to say i i'm not even didn't even want to attempt to say the the spanish full name for this
0: uh let me look at uh, <laughs> la, la uh, tornea mas suprema
4: there we go okay I I could have said that. I thought it was I thought it was more complicated than that. I need to make <laughs> That right. I,
1: had to, <laughs> I, I had to
0: look it up and see what the full That's that's what I understood the title or it was just yeah that's the,
4: right. Yeah. So uh, I was misreading things and thought it was longer than that. So this yeah, is that's why Yeah,
0: Yeah, it it but you know it's always good, you know to I'm always mm-hmm. happy. Suprem, torneo Tornail Suprema Namas
4: But uh, yeah, yeah. so uh, we discussed this setup before there were eight ladies. Uh, This is a brand new streaming service. This is really one of the only big deal things that's on there right now. Um, It's not very much to, to get the service. But uh, day of, there were a lot of problems. I watched the same promo videos for about four hours before anything
0: started. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, (laughs)
4: That sounds awful.
0: (laughs) No, no,
4: sir. I I mean, I feel like it helped me learn some Spanish, and I. I, (laughs) That's
3: always a benefit.
4: Yeah, I, I will now recognize any of these eight ladies uh, as long as they're in a reasonable approximation of the outfit they wore in those promos. I will recognize them probably in a crowd right now because I've seen a lot of them. Um, but and then uh, uh, there were some issues partway through where the the service stuttered uh, in the in the middle of a very exciting match. But uh, the, that is in the write up that's on the luchacentral dot right now. He was uh, Eric who was writing that up was a lot more uh, dramatically impacted by that than I was, I think because I'd already watched four hours worth of promos that I just didn't care about a little bit of blackness at that point. It just seemed to par for the course. But <laughs> uh, so we started with uh, the, 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 I broke down the bracket last time we had uh, uh Dolce sexy and baby love was the first match out. Um, the, this match, I'm going to, I have handwritten notes on this, so I'm pulling the, the this match started off with, uh, with uh, Dolce Sexy kind of beating up the uh, the younger kind of, I mean, they, they have a lot of, from what I can see, they have a lot of similar aspects to their, to their look and their personas. But uh, from what I was gathering, Dolce kept calling her things like uh, little sister or, or uh you know, she was treating a little like a a young, a younger child. Um, It was, uh, this one was, was a little slower moving with Dolce on top for most of it. Uh, There was a really kind of a very short spot in the middle where baby love got in some offense. And then there was a whole lot more uh, chin locks and, and keys going on Uh, towards the end of the match. Like, Sexy kind of looked like she was just doing a uh, promo class at about three quarters, but uh, we did, you did get a nice power bomb off the top rope for the finish and the one, two, three, uh, not at all surprising, obviously, because we were pretty well discussing that. We think that uh, sexy is probably going to win
3: this, mm-hmm. um,
4: but uh, all in all, a decent match. Then and she, was, had, she
3: was, she uh, was working yeah. heel for this tournament, right?
4: Uh yeah. 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 it was very definitely the heel for the whole of the I anime. think she
3: works much better as a heel than as an inspirational character. Like yeah. So that makes sense.
4: Um, although her uh her mic spots still make it sound like she so she's she has characteristics in uh with Seth Rollins in my opinion, where she's doing heel but she's trying to talk like she's the role model. So oh, uh, that's
3: cool. Especially Given, I mean, like it suits her, I guess, is what I'm saying. <laughs>
4: yeah. I mean, at least from what I'm gathering. Again, I look forward to the internet telling me how wrong I am. But uh, that was what I was picking up on. Um, so then we had uh, Reyna Dorada and Lolita for the next match. This one started off a lot faster. There was a lot more back and forth. Uh, the The two of them, it was diff- more difficult for me to tell who was working if anybody was working Rudo, or if this was uh, a Technico-Technico encounter, it took place almost all in the middle of the ring with very little uh, cheating going on. Uh, there was uh, a spot where Lucha fans are well aware that, w- that Luchadors love to do chops to the point of nearly stopping the action just so they can chop each other back and forth. And there was a great spot where both these ladies were on their knees just going back and forth, given that they're all with the chops. Um, eventually Lolita was able to put the lock on Reina Dorada and get the win. So um, I, I didn't have a lot of emotional notes on this one, because by the time I kind of was figuring out who I really liked in this one, it was over, but, uh, Uh, better luck next time, Reina Dorada, because I want to see more of your matches. Nothing against Lolita, because I started to like her too, but I had just started to root for Reina Dorada right when the the, uh, lock hit. And I'm like, well, uh, that'll teach me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we had what I figured was going to be one of the one of the barn burners for the first round and the next one, which was uh, Diotza, Quetzal and Zuxis. And uh, this was, in, if that the last one started fast, this one started even faster. Like, they tore into each other. Uh, basically, both of them ran straight at each other as soon as the referee said, fight, and uh, they were both in the air and attempted to grab the other lady's hair and pull yank them to the ground. So it, that's where we started, and it, it only went up from there. Um, this is the one where the cameras, where the the feed went out for a little bit, but it was uh, lots of locks and reversals, and uh, Zouks has finally hit a what looked like a package pile driver for the win on this. Ziosaquetzal um, has been in a lot of my stuff lately, and I the more yeah. matches I see of her, the more I like her. So I was really excited that they gave her a lot of. Uh, a lot of work in this like she got a a big amount of offense in and they went back and forth a lot and she looked really good even in the loss. And uh, I think that uh, she's the one, one of the two, there's two people that went on in the first round that actually came out looking like they, they could have won and been great. And that, and she's definitely one of them. Um, and then, then we get to our other one that I was talking about that could be great. Uh, so I'm going to give the spoiler on this though. They did not go hardcore. We had Hamada and Dark Shaitan in the next one. And I was speculating that we might see some, some weapons or cookie sheets or anything else because they both have a bit of a reputation for that. But um, th- there was brawling. There was lots of outside-the-ring action. But uh, it was in general, it was not it was not the hardcore. It was just more outside of the ring until near the finish. Um, this is another one where our coverage on the website, uh, he got very emotional about that because the finish had the referee counting a three count um, after Hamada had hit uh I believe it was, uh, well, Hamada had hit a, a driver of some kind, a Michinoku driver, I believe it was. And the ref, uh, according to him, and I, I don't disagree, uh, Lou Dar Shaitan had a shoulder up when the three count was happening. So uh, he was very emotional about that. Again, at this point, I had uh, lost a lot of my energy to be that upset about it. But I did write it down, like, what the heck was up with that? Um Great match. Uh, the, those those last two, I can't decide between the the, the bottom two ones. Which one I like better in the first round? But the that was our that was our our first round, which set up uh, Dolce Sexy Lolita for the second round and Zuxis Hamada for the the semis. Um, I should have taken a break here because I'd been up, but uh, I I was trying to trooper my way through it. Um, <laughs> Cause you're a professional, damn it. Yes, yeah, that's exactly it. I was sucking down energy drinks and trying to take notes and anything else to keep me awake. Cause four hours of promo and it was <laughs> a, it was a, it was heat. It was hot that night too, so I was starting to to drift off. Um, so this one started off faster for sexy. She looked like she was a lot more into it. Like this is. Uh, uh, somebody else made the point that, uh, it's sexy probably looked like she put more effort into this because she was happy with the, the booking she was getting. Um, it's, it's, yeah, as opposed to the first round, we got a lot more back and forth. We got a lot of fast paced action. I honestly thought that for a minute there that, uh, Lolita might have a chance but uh at the end sexy hits uh i believe it was a lock uh, yeah the the same lock that she hit that they, she controversially was using before and kind of alluded to that too because she didn't let it go right away but she it seemed like that was more of a uh like a intentional nod to the fans instead of like uh i'm legitimately trying to hurt this person sort of thing uh, they and she was able to get Lolita to stand up and shake hands afterwards, so that they at least while the cameras on were uh, were being friendly. And then we had Ayako Hamada versus Zuki, which uh, I need to go and find if they've wrestled before because this is the first time I've seen a full match of the two of them going. And my goodness, do I want more! Um, the they, they both started fast. The that's the only match show that looks like that didn't really start fast was the first one in the first round. Uh but you had brawling, you had dives to the outside, you had uh pretty much anything you think of that's lucha libre going on. Um and uh the the top rope it was a top rope Spanish fly for the finish, uh with the, with uh Zeuxis coming out on top. So
1: very fantastic
4: cool. match. Yeah, I mean, if you, if they put up highlights of these later, if you watch any of Zux's matches, uh, you will be in for a treat.
3: Yeah, I'll have uh, to check them out. I really like Zux's.
4: I And it's, again, I want to be clear, this is not downplaying anybody else. Because I think everybody who doesn't have sexy in their name uh, really put in a top effort performance in all of them.
0: I do love the shade coming from you. I have to admit, I I love
1: this. (laughs)
4: Uh, you know, well, I, I, she's not gonna listen to the show, so I can throw in a little shade, and that'll be fine, right?
1: And
0: it's right? it's absolutely your opinion. I feel like this is really interesting that, that you know you go, go into that analysis about her her level of work as far as heel versus face. I think that that's also, I guess, part of the you know, when she's doing a good job in in a way, Mm -hmm. when, uh, you know, you, you look at her character and can see, you know, yes, I don't like you, but I, that is, I think the consensus that has happened, it it seems like there, there is a lot of that consensus through social media. So not necessarily that that's, uh, the, the wrong thing to say, just seems like there's you know, a healthy opinion out there that that is, you know, there wasn't much of a level of effort of, of someone of her caliber that should
4: that, that yeah. she should have put in. Yeah, she she could have been like she was in a, in two matches with younger uh women that that are could learn a lot from her and uh hopefully they they got some good things out of out of it cuz they did give good matches but uh I I felt like they could have gotten a lot more if she really really wanted to, to cuz we've all seen her lucha underground work, we've seen her AAA work. Um, she could, when she feels like it and she feels that maybe that it was just the fact there wasn't an audience there to really get her worked up. But when she gets going, she's, she's on, she's on a different level and, uh, she did not hit that, that stride in this whole tournament. That's too bad. It was still good. I I don't wanna. I don't wanna yeah. play this at all. Uh, it was still no, really they, good.
0: Yeah, and, and it was um, fantastic that they did put this tournament on. Um, and it being this was this the first um, event of the new streaming service.
4: Yes. Yeah. Okay. This was. This was, uh, so what we've got on the other than this event is there's some older events from previous years that they have found either different footage of or had not been previously put up on their YouTube channel. And so there's um, some older stuff you can go through, but this was the first like modern event that you could get. And right now it's the, the only way to get it is on the service. So it, it was uh, very much worth it. <sighs> Uh, and then our, our final to to Dusty's question, uh, Sexy made it very clear that she was going to be the the heel or the Rudo in this one because we started with the fake handshake and. Uh...
3: <laughs> That's like the the easiest like the start yeah. off Rudo move yeah. Ruda move I guess in this yeah. case. Ruda, fake yeah. uh,
4: uh, yeah. My apologies for not getting the gender correct on that. That's. Uh,
3: oh. You are yeah. you are right.
4: It was definitely the Ruta, a Ruta move, um, and mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved it. But, uh, but she was in there with Zuxis who's uh, uh, you know who's been a pistol through this whole thing. She's also no stranger to a rougher, more physical style. If you, anybody has, out there has seen, uh, they should have seen. Uh, you should have seen some matches by now. She's great, um, and and so she quickly got the got the upper hand and started uh took it to the ground started doing lots of uh lots of locks and then we got it a lot more back and forth and i i uh this one i was kind of in the match a lot so i didn't really write a lot of notes but the finish was a top rope rana uh, with sexy getting the win and uh then then we uh she she genuinely offered to shake hands again and then did a little bit of an interview about that point. I uh, decided I, I needed to get some sleep, but yeah. <laughs> great event. It was good fun. So there you have it fans. The first uh, tournament is Se- Dolce sexy is our winner. She has uh, the trophy for it and everything. And uh, it was uh, as much as the story of this coverage is me Tossing a little bit of micro shade at a very talented performer. She, it was a good win. She looked like a good heel in the whole thing, and well worth the uh, couple of bucks to to get the service to at the very least get the this whole thing unedited
0: yeah i I saw uh on the masalucha website you can sign up for the streaming service and they do accept paypal so if you want to (laughs) use paypal to sign up for that that service you you can
4: there's a reason why this one got watched over the weekend and dtu did not i used my paypal to sign up for the the service I, I did have a couple problems with uh not having an account for a while. Like it took my money, took the PayPal and said congratulations, and then I didn't have an account. But uh the uh Joys of Google Translate and email got me through to, to an account boot on Saturday, so everything the time I needed it was all in place. So I'm I'm still giving the service a, a positive thumbs up and the tournament it gets a big massive thumbs up. Mm-hmm.
0: And there is an event review of this tournament on luchacentral.com done by Eric Mutter. So for anyone else who is interested in his thoughts on this event, it is covered by LuchaCentral.com. Now yep. we're gonna kick we're gonna kick it off to Denise Alcedo with this week's Lucha Central
2: Central. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch your favorite shows each week or when to try a new one. Monday, the Business of the Business podcast is back as Master Public President Kevin Kleinrock talks with Headlocked comic writer and creator Michael Kingston about his latest edition, Tales from the Road, And working with superstars including Jerry Lawler, Shane Helms, RVD, Pentagon Jr., Taya Valkyrie, and more as the book enters its final week on Kickstarter. Tuesdays, it's the Lucha Underground-centered show, Mass, Mass, and Mayhem. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at theluchacentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Also on Tuesdays, Wrestle Boss with Fabi Chulo live covering pro wrestling and MMA from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Pacific. Head to WrestleBossLive.com to listen live. And even call in or download it Wednesday across podcast platforms. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Find the video version on Facebook Wednesday through Friday, and then Saturdays, download the audio version in podcast form. This week, Triple A referee Piero takes a seat at the table and the crew talk about the controversy of luchadores and revenues from digital content as well as the growth of luchadores as youtubers and influencers thursdays it's straight out of the bodega with papo esco and pwr promoter gabriel ramirez this week ricardo rodriguez pulls up to the show and the trio talk about his start in socal signing with the WWE, and being the personal ring announcer for Alberto Del Rio. Heading to India to be the head trainer at the Great Khalid School and more. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcasts, one in English y el otro en Español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and outside of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. This week, both shows take a look back at the past weekend, including Mexico streaming shows from DTU and Mas Lucha's Women's Tournament, plus all of the Lucha-related matches on WWE Extreme Rules, Impact Wrestling Slammiversary, and AEW Dynamite, plus... LC Weekly in Español looks at the greatest hair versus hair matches of all time and whose hair may be the most valuable in a match today. Be sure to subscribe and follow all of your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms. And please be sure to give a rating and review to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. And another big thank you to Denise
0: Salcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what is happening with the Lucha Central podcast network. Now, Dusty's going to be sharing with us uh, or guiding us or, you know, there's just a lot that's happened in WWE over the past <laughs> few days. So I'm just going to have Dusty take it away.
3: Yeah, I thought that we'd start with Monday Night Raw tonight. Um, This last Monday, the 20th, we saw a backstage attack on Angel Garza and Andrade from the Street Profits that led to a non-title tag team match between them. Uh, it was pretty good match back and forth, uh, a lot of momentum between the teams. Andrade and Angel worked especially well together on this match, but it didn't really count for much. After a really nice frog splash where he rotated in midair, Montez Ford got the pin on Angel Garza for the win. Um, afterwards, Selena Vega told them that if they were going to be a team, they needed to prove it, uh, which led to them running in on Big Show during the main event to assist Randy Orton, but then very quickly being run back into the back by the Viking Raiders. And that was kind of it this week for Angel and Andrade. And it felt pretty stale and felt like they're just going to keep giving us the same thing week after week until SummerSlam when they're going to do whatever it is they Plan to do, I guess. Yeah, and, and they even had a cancellation of the United States title match at Extreme Rules, and could have put this mm-hmm. match on Extreme Rules, but didn't for whatever reason. And that's really all the TV news for WWE. There was nothing on SmackDown, nothing much else on Raw. But that leads us into extreme rules. (laughs) And uh, we all had a lot of opinions on this show. Uh, We had the (laughs) eye for an eye match between Rey Mysterio and Seth. And although the match itself was decent, the psychology of the match and the finish were the real horror show. Uh, Brendan, I know you want to talk about this first. What did you think about that?
4: So, so my single note on this whole match was uh, I e y e hate this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> zing! Yes, for the win.
1: Yeah,
4: one hundred percent. I uh, I I just uh it delivered on the the promise that they gave which was the the finish you had mm-hmm. uh, you had confusing uh booking of the match where Rey Mysterio at parts is wrestling like this is a cruiserweight match and not that yeah. like trying to take out a guy's eye mm-hmm. um you know it, it's two very talented guys who did a lot of really good things i don't want to again i want to try and be as positive as i can on this but the the as we've discussed for weeks now the the gimmick mm-hmm. match was flawed to start with and then they under delivered on it. Um, I was talking with somebody and and there was even with the the what they did with the the prosthetic eye which I didn't see until like, somebody actually put yeah,
3: a I didn't either picture <laughs> up with
4: a giant arrow pointing to it. That's the only time I saw it. Uh, the, the way they could have done that better would have been to do what they've done with a lot of the bloody footage and just gone black and white in that moment. And as mm-hmm. soon as I somebody mentioned that to me, I'm like, well, there's a, the easiest low tech fix to mm-hmm. make this actually look like something legitimately scary has happened. And then that it, exactly. vomiting thing that we had uh, going on would have actually felt yeah powerful instead of. Confusing.
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And they didn't make the eye, like you say, I didn't mm-hmm. see it until photos hit Facebook the next day. Yeah. People no, were going it off. Yeah, I don't
0: I don't think that that was really apparent when it was done because they had some really bad or really well bad and also back and forth between Seth and Ray at that moment. Um so mm-hmm. the cameras were just moving too too quickly back and forth to get a good look at what was happening with the eye.
4: Yeah. I don't... Yeah, if they've done some cinematic stuff to it, made it more of a <laughs> yeah. like, exactly horror what
3: I thought they were deals. going to yes. do is like to mm-hmm. give yeah. it like a nineteen eighties horror movie feel. Oh,
4: and I was yeah, like yeah.
3: really down for that because I thought, well that'll be exciting. Some mm-hmm. practical effects and
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't
3: remember. I think it's the House of a Thousand Corpses maybe. One of the Rob Zombie movies. They're all very gory, but it was all done with practical effects. And so yeah. you know yeah. that they could have done something really you know, interesting and unique there. And they just didn't. And I have no idea why. Like they yeah. they really dropped the ball yeah. on this match. I talked to nine different people and all nine people hated the finish. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't I don't know anyone who who liked the match. Uh, I think there was the yeah, the wrestling either. itself. I think there was you know fans of and and mm-hmm. Brendan was absolutely right. It was, there was good wrestling in there, but the fact yeah, that they was. treated this as a wrestling match compared to even a brawl, they have really <laughs> built this up for weeks as a personal vendetta between two men who were physically trying to rip each other apart and the fact that it, it was treated as a wrestling match and not two men who were you know trying to you know rip the other uh, apart I, I was very confused as to why they decided to go with that psychology and then on the fact that you have a stipulation where their exact words were you know in order to win this match you must extract your opponent's eye it was just very confusing and, and mm-hmm. I, I don't was think- I think Seth and, and Ray did the best that they could in this scenario, but ultimately it came to the producing and what, you know, the high-ups yeah. probably envisioned what they could do with this match. And again, it just, it makes you then think, why, why did you do this? Why did you decide to not yeah, exactly. go in any other direction with this? I understand that it probably got some people watching and, and this whole horror show thing, but even the swamp fight, that had more of an eighties feel to it. I almost think they exactly. could have gone more it really eerie, like a, like a saw direction. Like they've had.
3: Yeah, that would have been amazing too. That
0: would have been very cool, you know? And I know that some fans, I was talking to someone about this, and they don't even, you know, they they didn't want to see it in a cinematic direction because of the fact that it could have been too impractical. And they brought up Lucha Underground as an example that, you know, people would die and then they would come back the next week, you know. And, and yeah. but yeah. those were overall very popular uh, vignettes and storylines, mm-hmm. and fans got it to the point where they realized, oh yeah, we that, ate okay, it up. Yeah that that it wasn't real but it was adding an element to the story and 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 I don't know WWE treats some of those things in those ways and Maybe in, unintentionally or intentionally, but I think fans would have gotten the hint because then at the end of the night you see the swamp fight, and that took it in a whole different direction. You could have done something really unique in a cinematic way, and I felt like mm. it was such a lost opportunity that it still boggles my yeah. mind oh, so much. why yeah. why they went into this direction. It, it does seem like this is a way for them to have Ray, you know, bow out for a little bit, uh, as we talked about and reported. Ray uh, is work was not working under a contract right now. So he needs to be off TV for a time. It made sense that he was the loser in this. Um, And and you have two well-established wrestlers wrestlers with Ray and Seth. But the fact that they, they, you know, I mean, this is really like, at this point, I think the laughing stock of the year.
4: Yeah. 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 No, no. Yeah. People are talking about it's worst.
3: Yeah. Do you Go guys ahead, think then. that Rey Mysterio's contract could have played into the to the finish or the lack of investment in it? Because it's rumored that they wanted to sign him for a five year contract and he has refused and only wants an 18 month contract and he wants a raise. And so the I'm not sure if that played in to the decision but- not to.
4: Yeah, from everything I know of WWE politics, that sounds very plausible, that if he wasn't going to give Vince what Vince wanted, Vince was not going to go out of his way to make that better. Like, yeah, be, I, yeah mm-hmm. I don't, that's I, what I, don't I was think kind of alluding to. I don't think that uh, he said, uh, "Screw it, let's make it shit," but I don't yeah. think that he put a lot of effort into making it good. No extra effort nope. exactly.
0: Yeah. And and there could have been other reasons I I was talking with someone about the possibility of how maybe some of the issues related to the COVID cases came out and maybe they were short on resources and time. I mean, the swamp fight really did take a, a lot if you, you know, watched mm-hmm. it. There was Yeah, it, it was it, impressive. It was, yeah, it was very really impressive and very detailed. So maybe they didn't have the time to put, invest into another cinematic match. Um, and so, you know, one had to, to suffer as well. Who knows if that was a, a reason behind it. But, um, you know, they they also had time to build this up. And the fact that they just didn't go in that direction out of all the other matches on the card that, mm-hmm. that they, that they uh, had. And the other, yeah. and really, they also co-branded this as the like. This was the other a match that show. was, yeah, yeah that it was a yeah. horror show. So the fact that they didn't put as much detail into that, that's disappointing.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think this is going to be one of the biggest like misfires in wrestling. You know, like the way people remember the Shockmaster, or the Gobbledygooker, and stuff. Yeah, I think this yeah. Eye for an Eye match is going to be remembered that way in the annals of history. You're
4: absolutely and now, right.
3: And now yes. to add some drama to the situation, we've had both Chris Jericho and Cody Rhodes in the last couple of days talking about how Rey Mysterio is the best in the world and how Rey influenced Cody to kind of go do things his own way. And so it seems like AEW might be kind of reaching out with some overtures there during this time towards Rey Mysterio.
4: Well, uh Chris Jericho is in my opinion one of the smartest people currently in wrestling. Oh,
3: absolutely. He is a genius. So, He's the David uh, Bowie of yeah. wrestling.
4: <laughs> yeah, I I can I can see that analogy very well. Uh in my opinion, even if they are not able to to offer Ray anything right now, like they by just alluding to it, you are getting more people to to give that extra thought to looking at AEW on Wednesday like they're yeah, gonna, you know you you know so he knows what he's doing by by making those comments i don't know yeah. uh i mean it, it would be silly of AEW to not make an offer if he's currently wrestling without a contract but
3: absolutely
4: but uh we've already established that he seems very set on the idea of getting dominic in in the WWE program so uh i don't know yeah. how seriously he's going to take an offer from anybody that's not WWE
3: I think it all comes down probably to more of what Dominic can be offered and what Dominic wants, because yep. like if I was in Ray's position and my son was like, you know, I actually think AEW is place to be. Look what they're offering us. I would feel great about that. But I've also noticed in all of the contract news, we never hear anything about Dominic. Is he? I don't know if he has a contract with WWE, if he's just on a per-appearance basis. So it's uh, kind of yeah. interesting there. I think there, if he's under contract in any way, Ray absolutely resigns with WWE. Yeah.
4: Well, and I, he's very clearly a negotiating piece, whether he's got a deal or not. But they've been much more quiet about any sort of thing with that. I, I would guess that they were doing appearances with Dominic as a as a favor to Ray to entice him to do more appearances and he Probably. was not not under a specific contract other than as an extension of, of Ray's contract.
0: Yeah, I, don't, I I'm usually when they have those, especially in developmental talent, um, where those new recruits, uh, they do pretty, you know, solid press releases on those. So if right. he were signed, we would know because they WWE would have made a deal just like when, um, you know, the Rock's daughter signed on. Um, I mean, they really do big releases for second and third generation uh, mm-hmm. trainees. So we would have heard about it.
3: Yeah. I assumed it was kind of like a per appearance basis, but I assume that they're also paying Dominic to appear, but I don't necessarily know that in any way.
4: And I, yeah.
3: I know he was training, I think it was the Santino brothers at one time. And so I think it'll be interesting to see where he wants to go and where he ends up. And I think that will definitely influence Ray's decision.
4: It's true. Uh I- I I know that they're not listening all right now, but it, Dominic, I think you would do so much better in somebody else's programming than going to WWE <laughs> later. Like this I is agree. not the time for If the you WWE. come in as a big
3: deal, it's easy to be a big deal. But they're having yeah. a very hard time building people up to be a big deal right now.
4: Yeah, and and I mean in general being. A multi-generation wrestler with such a prominent name, you want to—you don't want the spotlight to be on you when you make mistakes. You want to mm-hmm. be at—you you, know—if you're going to botch, you want to be at an indie show in front of 200 people instead of, you know, however millions yeah. of people are watching on worldwide. Television, so, yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of AEW, Dusty, you also have some news to report to I us do. On this week's AEW shows.
3: We, we had some lucha action on both Dark and Dynamite this week. Not a lot, but some. Um, on Dark, Diamante defeated Kylan King by pinfall in a great match. It uh, really wet my appetite for seeing her match the next night on Dynamite. And yeah. this also led into the debut of I- Ivalice on Dynamite in the match yeah. against Diamante. And it was so good. Like, they both wrestled like their lives depended on it. Mm-hmm. And despite cutting away during the match for a Briggs Swole interview, they really oh, gave the match that. everything they had. I thought that was just disrespectful and, like, yeah. Mm, yeah. I, I did not like that. Um, Especially
4: because the, the stated purpose of this match was to build up the women's division, not
3: just... Exactly. Exactly. yeah. And the way commentary talked about they how they had worked together in the past. They just didn't do a great job though of explaining who they were or why they hated each other, but otherwise it was a great match. I hope AEW can make it available, like maybe on YouTube without the interview detracting from the match. Like I say, I just thought that was rude and insulting to these two women that were really, I mean, really putting on an impressive clinic in the ring and they also announced for AEW the women's tag team cup tournament um mm-hmm. coming soon the deadly draw and so i wondered if the commentary talking about their past history and how they'd fought with each other and against each other i wonder if that's building to them being a tag team oh, for the, the com- tournament yeah.
4: the commentary even alluded to that they're like we could mm-hmm. see yeah. these two as a tag team in the in the tournament so yeah. they uh, they definitely hope so. I hope so head. too.
3: It's, it yeah. feels like a natural fit for these yeah. two and oh, to yeah. see these luchadores that aren't kind of the usual lucha libre to get out there on a mm-hmm. worldwide, like a massive worldwide stage. I love the idea that they're going to get to do that, hopefully, and to kind of expose the world to more facets of what lucha libre is and yes. can be. Because yeah, it's, everybody, we're conditioned in America to expect, you know, like flips and high flying matches from luchadors. Oh. But even the even the ladies can be hard hit. I mean, some of the chops in this match, the mm-hmm. the sound when the chops would hit was mm-hmm. just I mean, you don't hear that in most of the men's matches. Well, I mean that these was the ladies. Thing
4: with, yeah. That was the thing with you yeah. Believe all the way back in in Lucha Underground. Like she mm-hmm. would she would go chop for chop with uh uh like Pentagon
3: and Yeah, um, anybody. Yeah, she was know. really uh People, I mean, yeah, people are threat.
4: familiar with uh, Pentagon chops because uh, that's a big, <laughs> big part of his personality. <laughs> so I, I, I do want to take a second here because uh, one of the things that I was hearing a lot of people say, both on Twitter and on the coverage that I was listening to. Uh, is people didn't know who these two ladies were, and I. I, wanna, oh, I know. Uh, yeah. If, if you if you're not following Lucha circles, you don't necessarily know. So I want to go all the way back. Eva Lee, uh, uh, as I just mentioned, she was on Lucha Underground all the way back in season one. Uh, as as uh, yeah. As uh, she's she was she trained Lucha, came here from Puerto Rico. They said this on the show, but I know some people don't listen to the commentary. She came here with. A bag of clothes and like ten bucks, and managed to get herself into a wrestling school, and and uh, was the only woman in the wrestling school, according to the stories that I've heard.
3: Yeah, and, that's what I've heard as well.
4: And and was able to just tear it up, uh, and and she hasn't looked back since. Uh, and then you have uh, Diamante, who's a little younger, but kind of uh, has a similar background. And they even alluded to this in the match where Eva Lee's who was working a little more. Ruda uh, uh-huh. was was commenting uh, during the match like everybody wants to be me everybody wants mm-hmm. to be evil yes <laughs> and uh so so you have that you have that kind of dynamic going on already where Evilisa is aware that she was she's the trailblazer for this new type mm-hmm. of luchadora and uh, I mean, you know. And
3: she looked great. Like her hair and yeah. her gear and everything. Yeah. Like Oh, both she them, came out. I, just Oh, they, they both. Yeah, it. exactly. They looked they like stars. Look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've talked and, and about they, gear and presentations, but that really, I mm-hmm. thought it was incredible last night for them. Yeah.
4: And they both came out rocking the flag, too. So, that, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I love that. that. I saw that and they knew Miranda was gonna be loving that part. uh. Oh yeah, if you saw my
0: Instagram story, you know I I was loving it at the hashtag Miranda. If you want to follow my Instagram stories, but as soon as Eva Lee came out repping the PR flag, I knew it 100 because that's 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 just what we do proud and powerful every week as well you know they have the 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 black uh puerto rican flag but uh she had the, the colors it and yeah diamante Cuban as well so uh they have again very similar even just cultural backgrounds but trajectory um and and the fact that they were able to wrestle each other on such a big stage is is big yeah. and absolutely it seems like commentary was alluding to them partnering up um in, in the future for this women's tag tournament. So I, I hope to see them there, but surprising for me that Diamante won. I think the consensus we had come up with last week was that, you know, yes, they were setting up Diamante at, in dark to to face Ivelisse, but just so that then she could then lose to Eva least but the fact that she won it was a roll-up
1: yeah. so it was
0: very quick you know the most yeah. uh move in professional wrestling as they call it but it was still a win so i think that was just the yeah. most surprising part for me
4: i loved it i loved that it. it it was a uh, shocking to those of us that knew what had a better idea what to expect I love that it was a roll up and not like a big power move or uh you know so so that you set up further matches and uh and then I I love that they uh yeah. that that finish made everyone that was watching that because this was such a physical thing super want to pay attention to the women's division again like they just i could i could feel the twitter vibe <laughs> ramping up where of people that want to see more aew women's matches and that's not oh, been a feeling I, i'm big.
3: one of those people yeah, yeah. i ever since Britt baker who i love got her i mean i'm i'm rudo at heart pure rudo <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Britt
3: Baker. And then Chris Statlander got hurt in like Rios and yeah. and all of a sudden the women's division just kind of shrunk so fast that I'm glad to see some new blood, but especially some luchadoras coming in mm-hmm. and yes. getting the yeah. chance to expand that women's main event. I'm excited. I mean, I can't wait to see Ivalice versus Cheetah. Um, I think that's going to be an incredible match someday. No. Yeah, um,
4: that, well, uh, not someday. That's next week.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember whether it was Diamante or Ivalice next week. I just couldn't remember. Oh, no,
4: you're right. I'm sorry. It's it's Diamante next week because she won.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think that they're all going to be. I'm not as familiar with Diamante, although I noticed she wore her LAX gear last night, which I thought yeah. was pretty cool. And on car. Yeah, dark. I wondered if there was going to be any mention of it or kind of connection to it, but it's my understanding that they don't have any. Rights to the LAX name at AEW, yeah. so maybe there won't be.
1: Yeah, but I, think that, I would love
3: be- to, get to see her teamed up, maybe even as the first women's wrestler for the Inner Circle. But if not that, at least maybe in some trios matches mm-hmm. with Santana and Ortiz again. Yeah, and I believe being her kind of friend-enemy on the show, I believe has done some amazing trios where She was the inaugural trios champion on... Or one of the inaugural Trios champions on Lucha Underground. And yep. Yeah. So I would love to see this lead into some Mick Trios matches, Lucha style on AEW. That's something that we don't see a whole lot of on American mm-hmm. television outside of Lucha Underground. And it was part of what made it kind of special and unique. And so I would love to see some of that kind of blur yeah. into AEW and spots and just bring in that Lucha feel. And so- before. Uh, oh, I, I
4: just I you just, I have to to get this out there because I love doing my my fan bookings here. My fan booking that that just popped into my head was uh, if you have Evelise hanging out with uh, Proud and Powerful instead, and that leads to the- oh, a further feud. In, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that would
3: be cool. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea a lot too. All
4: right, I, wow. I know some AEW people aren't. Listening, <laughs> but- <laughs>
3: Yeah, but if you are, you know, (laughs) we offer booking tips for free.
4: (laughs) Well, I have fan bookings for days. For days.
3: Uh, Last night, we also had Jurassic Express versus Inner Circle. This was actually a pretty great match with the return to the Inner Circle moniker for Chris Jericho and company, which was kind of setting up a reveal that we didn't necessarily notice until later. Um, But unfortunately, this match never really fully clicked for me. There's only so many times we can credibly watch Jungle Boy get shut down before he can make the tag. I thought the big man stuff between Luchasaurus and Jake Hagar was really interesting, but it was kind of fleeting. And then at the end, we had a Serpentico run in with a bat, and he hit Luchasaurus, which (sighs) made Jericho was able to get the pin. After the match, there was a beatdown. Serpentico hit a shooting star press, which should have been one of our signs.
4: Should have been the big might... giveaway.
3: <laughs> yeah, but then he removes the mask, and it's not Serpentico at all. It was Sammy Guevara and in the oh, race. So oh, Orange and... Cassidy and the Best Friend showed up, and I mean, they—it was, yeah, it was something. <laughs> and it set up a five versus five tag team match next week. But this also leaves Jurassic Express, a man heavy, and Marco Stunt can kind of play into this matchup. But it also makes me wonder wonder if Inner Circle is going to bring somebody in to help even up the numbers.
4: Maybe they'll bring in Serpentico.
3: Oh, that would be be amazing.
1: That's
0: so so easy. and so good.
3: Oh, it would be fantastic. I hadn't even considered that. Now I want it so bad. That's all I want. (laughs) So I, I
4: did have a little a little fun with this whole thing. Um I uh I I was on Twitter talking about how uh, I mentioned uh, something to the effect of Sammy Guevara shedding his snake skin and, and, and popping back up. And um Aubrey Edwards, who follows me because uh we uh, she's mo- one of my ref trainers, told me the so story cool. Yeah, she told me the story of her husband watching the match where he's he noticed the he's he he said uh he said something to the effect of when uh serpentico came out like oh so serpentico is replacing sammy now and then he hits the shooting star press and is like oh serpentico is sammy now <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: so that is awesome
4: <laughs> so uh so i like my twitter's been going crazy with that so if you're here because aubrey sent you to the show he- hello and welcome uh, we love you here. We would love to talk about AEW luchadores all the time with you. Um, but that is, uh, uh, that was that, that was kind of the fun of that was that uh, he's, he's a savvy guy. He's, he's a, a wrestler on his own and knows a lot of the stories, but uh, he, he uh, also was, was sucked in by this and she did not tell him what the, the reveal was going to be. So I, I loved all of that. Um, her and then, okay,
0: fabe. even in marriage. Yeah. <laughs> They didn't talk about kayfabe in, the, in their vows, you know? So, I mean, they got to do <laughs> what they got to do to protect the business. That's, That's a good right. marriage.
1: Uh, yeah, she's a professional, damn it. Very much so, yeah. <laughs> oh,
4: that yeah. is
3: so cool.
0: Yeah, we will be talking more about uh, AEW next week. Also, real quick to preview, AEW Dark. Uh, we will be talking about that next week because they do have a – plethora of matches. It's been uh, touted as the biggest AEW dark thus far. Um, we do have uh, just recently announced Sammy Guevara will be facing Fuego del Sol. You
5: do oh, also
0: have uh, Orange Cassidy that. going up against Serpentico. Oh,
5: is it Sir pentacle? We <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> And we Pintacle have a, a, a triple... Tag team match: SEU versus Private Party versus Santana and Ortiz. Um, oh, those man. are just the lucha related matches oh. uh, that have been announced for Dark. dark. Many so others. Dark. We also have uh, Joey Janela and Sunny Kiss versus Pineapple Pete and Michael Nakazawa. um oh. Sky versus Corey Hollis. Abandon versus Skyler Moore. Lance Archer versus Frankie Thomas. FTR versus Peter Avalon and Brandon Cutler. Um, and Best Friends versus uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order. So a Stack oh, wow. of you, Dark, for next week. We That's will be dark. talking about it, so make sure you come back here, Lucha Central, yep. yes. to get our thoughts about it. Uh, real quick, we're going to be jumping into NXT. Not a whole lot of Lucha content this week, but we do have some big news. Uh, this week, William Regal announced uh, that... Keith Lee would have to vacate the NXT North American championship. And with that, there would be a ladder match uh, for the North American championship at NXT Takeover 30. Uh, The way that these individuals, as far as the participants for the ladder match are going to be determined is a series of triple threat matches that will be happening over the next few weeks. And the winners of those matches will then move on into the ladder match. So uh, we did have one, um, of those matches already, and more to come in the next few weeks. But as far as that, that is the big news. Keith Lee is no longer Keith Lee Two Belt. Uh, Keith Two belts. he is just just the NXT champion, um, and we will be getting a new North American champion at Takeover Thirty. Yeah, uh, as far Hopefully as it's, awesome. it's man, it's gonna it's gonna be good. Yeah. Uh, takeovers are notoriously just fantastic, wow. and the ladder and, match. And a ladder yeah. match.
3: Oh. oh, I'm so excited!
4: <laughs> I I was wondering when when Keith Lee won this if they were going to bring that because that used to be a uh, NWA rule that you could not have the world title and a regional title at the same time. And NXT is very NWA inspired, so I was yeah. wondering mm-hmm. if that yeah, it's a
3: great touch. Yeah. Well, and it helps keep everything fresh. Yes, yeah. it does. From- Aside from Becky's run, they don't usually make, I mean, like even when Seth had the world title and the U.S. title, it only lasted like a one pay-per-view cycle. And so I think it just makes sense and helps keep the scene fresh, especially. And the North American Championship is one of the more interesting belts in the NXT. It's had an amazing lineage so far. And I hope that the latter match kind of leads to something for El del Fantasma. And I think that's kind of a natural fit for somebody like him and maybe his way to move up the card. And
4: I, I think everybody can... listening knows that that's who we want to win. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's that's a
0: fan favorite here on the show. Yeah, and, and you brought up a, a good point about the, the North American belt because already in the first qualifying match, it was a triple threat match, Bronson Reed versus Roderick Strong versus Jar- Johnny Gargano. Um Bronson Reed won, which was probably, you know, the, the last person we thought that was going to qualify for this match, and he's the first one. Now granted we don't know if Roderick Strong or Johnny Gargano are gonna get more opportunities to qualify but it is showing that they are wanting this match to to have a, a different set of contenders than what we've normally seen so uh this this to me is kind of a glimpse into that and i think yeah. i mean that's how stars are born in NXT just having a mm-hmm. match like like a you know a ladder match of, of that caliber can really put people on the map and change their trajectory of their career into a whole new direction
4: absolutely yeah. And to your point, uh, this is, a, it's a guaranteed thing that somebody is going to be a spectacular match because it's happening at a takeover and, uh, even takeovers during the middle of COVID, everybody mm-hmm. in the locker room seems to have that extra bit of energy. They always put that extra little bit of, of effort in. So even if you're getting three people who have never been in a, a title picture before in that ladder match, you know, you're going to get something special. Uh and uh yeah, I mean I, I'm looking super looking forward to kind of that change in landscape. Uh to to uh to to set things up, Gargano is on Twitter complaining about how he didn't he didn't lose that match. Um so I feel like he's going to try and and uh, come back in in like a another match, or he's going to wind up wrestling somebody for their spot in this match. But uh, I, I hope that what they instead do with him is they put him on a in in another match on the show and not in the North American title match. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and speaking of Keith Lee he watched uh very closely as his friend Dominic Dijakovic got uh submitted uh, by Kieran Cross quite brutally i would say uh and and dominic yeah. uh was you know trying to tell keith not, not to worry but uh, it, it was a brutal showcase uh, by both men. A, a really good match. I mean, both of them are, are very similar in height or very close in height. Uh, slightly different as far as body composition. But, I mean, um, they were very toe-to-toe, absolutely, throughout that whole match. But towards the end, just carrying, uh was able to get uh, Dominic Dijakovic's arm um, within the steel uh, mm-hmm. stairs kicked them and, and that was really the end for him of that match um he mm-hmm. won by submission as keith lee came out you know trying to help his friend uh to be there for him um uh, but uh alas uh he was he went night night uh also then it does seem like they're setting up carrying cross versus keith lee I, I mean i think that would be a great headliner for takeover oh, me 30 too.
3: Uh, yeah
0: i'd I think uh, I don't want to see it any time before then. Don't give it to me on a weekly edition yeah, on TV, of NXT. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to wait till NXT uh, take over 30 because this is going to be such a fantastic match. If they build it up this way, um, mm-hmm. like they have, uh, I, I think it will be nothing less than fantastic.
4: I uh, with that with this match that we got this week, I really like the fact that, to your point, that it was kind of back and forth. But that uh, when Cross found that kind of brutal extra gear, is when he really stepped out and and clearly was winning the match at that point. Mm-hmm. And I, it sets him up as a as a very credible threat to Keith Lee because we've seen the competitive matches that Keith Lee and Dijakovic have had and we saw that um he he reached that level and then kind of found that extra step to go further so he's a legit threat even if he, we don't uh, if people are thinking he may not it story wise need to win right now uh there's there's always been in the back of your head like he can do it so i i love the the way that that was done on the show
1: yeah
0: i i it, 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 I expected that going into this match, talking about it last week, you know, there was one where I, I liked the setup. I liked uh, everything that they built to it. And the match itself wasn't uh, a, a disappointment at all. And the way that they were tying in that friendship between Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee, and now how, you know, Karen Cross went after that a bit. There was a really funny, uh, not, it was maybe it was a tweet as well, but I, I follow them on Instagram, uh, Fox, uh, they had a, a really funny tweet or a funny picture of Keith Lee holding Di- Dominic Dijakovic, uh, similar to when wa- Rocky Balboa uh, held Apollo yeah. Creed in, in yeah. the Rocky movies. Uh, same, very similar vibes. I thought that was hilarious. So. Uh, moving on to another event that happened this past Saturday, we, or this past weekend, we talked about, uh, WWE Extreme Rules, the horror show, which we all agree it was, it was bad. It was pretty scary. Uh, another <laughs> wrestling company put together a pretty well received event. Impact presented Slammiversary on Saturday. Uh, last week we covered three of the matches that Lucha fans would want to see, uh, and, and follow. Um and we'll cover those results right now, plus a few of the maybe interesting surprises that came about. Uh but going back to Slammiversary, uh for the whip gauntlet match to determine the number one contender for the knockouts championship, uh Lucha Favorite Taya was one of the final two competitors of the match, however, lost to Kylie Ray. Uh so Kylie Ray is now your number one contender for the knockout uh Uh, championship Uh, of course this match had some shenanigans because of course Taya's man boy I don't know how else to describe him Uh, because he's not even really a man personal assistant (laughs)
1: Sure, that's saying it nicely. Whatever Johnny Bravo is not a
0: personal assistant, he is a good boy. Johnny Bravo came out. He was actually the, uh, the third or fourth competitor in that match, th- seemingly dressed up as Taya, because that was probably her original placement. Um, but maybe because she didn't like that, she ordered Johnny Bravo to go out in her uh, place. So he came out with the wig and the, the you know, uh, ear... Um, uh, your headbutt things uh um, <laughs> on. Um, he was quickly eliminated, um, and then he came back out towards the end. I keep saying like a dime store thing dressed up as Rosemary, because uh, that's also their thing is that, the, you know, he's also friends with Rosemary. <laughs> so um, some shenanigans during the gauntlet match, but especially the end. I mean, we've been talking about Taya versus Kylie Rae. Uh I love to see them more on a one-on-one match, but uh, this was a fantastic finish to that gauntlet. It
4: seems like uh, that's who- what they're building to.
0: Yes, it seems like that. That is definitely something that they're building to long term, and I'm not mad at that. Also, now with Kylie Ray being the number one contender, you could kind of guess what that meant for the Knockouts Championship match. Uh, Diana Perazzo beat uh, Jordan Grace, so now we have a new uh, uh, Knockouts champion. So some that were along the line, uh, and they set this up already a little bit. We may see Kylie Ray versus Diana Perazzo.
1: Speaking I'm of new champions. That. Yeah, that's we have be awesome.
0: a, we have a new X division champion. Yes. Uh yeah. Yes. Former former guest Willie Mack did lose his X division championship to Chris Bay. Um uh, it is the reign of bay. Uh it is the Bay Division. Whatever the other division. The finesse yes. division. Yes. I mean whatever whatever you want to call it, it is his now. And an uh, interesting note on that from this past Tuesday, they did have the rematch in which uh, Chris won clean. So it does seem like they are moving in the direction of Chris Bay um, and we don't know what's going to happen now with Willie Mack. Um, who knows where he's going to end up and, and maybe he'll end up somewhere near the top uh, because of some other events that happened in um, including maybe closer to the World Championship picture. Eddie Edwards. Uh- yeah Uh, became the new impact world champion um this came after a series of swerves that were set up for the championship match it was originally announced that it was going to be a four-way after some changes with that of course back when the match was first announced this was when um Tessa Blanchard was still the champion, and it was going to be a five-way between Tessa, Eddie Edwards, Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, and Michael Elgin. Uh, Tessa was let go and stripped of the championship. Michael Elgin was removed off of TV, so that just left Trey, Ace, and Eddie. They uh, then added a mystery fourth, which when they uh, had that uh, at the event, it was Rich Swann who came back from injury. Uh many fans were well, yeah. slightly disappointed at that. Uh and then all of a sudden another swerve. There was a fifth participant, and that turned out to be Eric Young. So this ended up being a five-way. He did not look after like all, Eric
3: Young anymore. <laughs> he did not
0: look like Eric Young anymore. That is the absolute <laughs> truth. Did not look like him whatsoever. Uh, but uh, the and it was an elimination match. Um, so Trey was eliminated first. Then Eric Young. After that, Rich Swan. And then you had your final two, uh, Eddie Edwards and Heath Austin. Eddie Edwards uh, became champion, and one thing that he did announce this week on Impact was that he is going to be doing an open challenge every week. So he is going to allow people from the roster to challenge him. So I know we talked about this offline, but this could be a great spot for a Willie Mac match. Absolutely, yep. If I don't see a Willie Mac versus uh, Eddie Edwards match, then what are we doing here? What are we doing? That's
4: for yeah, real, that's, yeah. That's, I mean, and, and those two can do a really great match. So there's no reason to not do it. Do it even if uh, Willie Mag doesn't come out on top, he can move himself up the card by having a great mm-hmm. match.
3: Oh, exactly. Yeah, he can get the rub. So yep. yeah, I think it would be a great, great match. I yeah. That's one of my most wanted matches right yeah. now in Impact.
0: Yes, yes, me, me too. I'm very excited about the possibility. So Impact, make it happen. Uh, that's an order. Mm-hmm. Uh, and- oh.
4: <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> just want to real say. quick say a big congratulations to Chris Bay, who is also a, an area champion here. So, I mean, really excited to see. I know oh, he's. So he's cool. I, I know he's supposed to be the bad guy, but he's my local guy, so. Uh. <laughs> Same, same out here.
0: Uh, Chris Bay is a champion for one of our local promotions out in Arizona. Um, and yeah, very big on the West Coast. So I think there was a lot of people on my social media pages I saw that were very excited and happy for him. And yes, he is playing a bit of the heel now. Uh, but I know he has a lot of support, not only on the West Coast. He's a but great throughout. heel,
3: though.
0: Yeah, he yeah. is a great he heel. Uh, if if he can make it as a heel and impact, then he's gonna make it anywhere. Um, yeah. oh yeah. It's a lot harder
3: to be seconds. a convincing heel than a face. So if he can yeah. do this, he can do anything. Yeah. Yes, I agree.
0: And real quick, we did have some surprises and returns. The first one of the night, the motor city machine guns came back uh yes. beating <laughs> the the rascals. Of course we had a surprise by Heath, not Slater, just Heath. Uh, yeah. I already mentioned no last, <laughs> no last name. Uh the good brothers, uh Doc mm-hmm. uh Anderson or uh Doc and Gallows. Doc Gallows. Uh, yeah, Doc Gallows, uh and Carl Anderson, Machine they gun Anderson. Came, yeah. Machine gun Anderson, yep, they came back um cool. at the end when Eddie Edwards was celebrating. They helped even the odds when Ace Austin and Madman Fulton were trying to attack A- Eddie. So they are fully back and we did. They they ended Slammiversary with him, and they started Impact with him. EC3 is back. Oh, I'm so Sorry. glad to
3: see him back. Like, yeah, like he more than anybody, I felt like he was completely wasted in WWE. Like he just never even got a chance to grab the ball and run with it and show him what he could do. And so yeah. I am so glad to see him back with Impact, where they really value him as a main event player.
0: Yeah. I, I, you know, overall, I think Slammiversary was really well received. Not a oh, whole lot excellent. of again, Lucha yeah. content. I still feel like that's still something they're figuring out. But they've had a lot of, of shakeups over the past few mm-hmm. months. They've had to they the change storylines, matches. They, Of course, you know, by releasing several people, including Tessa Blanchard and Joey Ryan. So they've had to make a lot of adjustments, um, and it seemed like now Slammiversary is the start of a new chapter. Even their new uh, the, the way that they start their weekly shows has changed with new music and new footage. Mm-hmm. So it seems like they're really stamping this as a milestone to move forward. Um, th- but they do have good bones. I mean, the Knockouts division still uh, oh, is is fantastic, is
3: amazing. And, and
0: Taya is still one of the best, you know, oh, wrestlers. She's period. So good. In professional yeah. wrestling, you know, so yeah, whether the best it is in
3: the world easily in,
0: in the knockout division or even wrestling men, if that's the direction they go into, which they know they yeah, can. Yeah, she's
3: great at that too. She's,
0: she's great yeah. at that, you know. The, the X division now is under, you know, uh, is the finesse division. So we, we have a new champion, but it also leaves room for someone like Willie Mack, who is is just ridiculously talented can wrestle so many styles can wrestle against so many people the opportunity to hopefully move further up the card into a higher role and you know this they have brought in a lot of people many of them did work for wwe but if this means too that they're open to bringing in people from other promotions could eventually mean that they are hopefully having a a bigger lucha libre presence in the future
4: yeah. Uh, well, the world will change when the borders are allowed to open up a little more because they were negotiating with uh, a, with uh, some Lucha Libre companies as well. So uh,
1: mm-hmm.
4: we we definitely can see more Lucha content from them. They are very open to the idea. And based on the reception of Taya and Willie Mack and uh, uh, even even Eddie Edwards, who has some mm-hmm. level of Lucha background as well, uh, you can you can see that they're open to the idea. So uh, we will continue to cover anything Impact does that is uh, Lucha-related. So I, I look forward to seeing the future of, of, how, of this company with the way they're going.
3: Well, me too.
4: All right. Uh, so if you are listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. Uh, a place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. But on top of all of this, it's free. LuchaCentral.com, your Centralized place for all things Lucha Libre.
0: And now we have this week in
1: Lucha Libre history. You can't remember when
3: That's right. Now it's time for this week in Lucha Libre history. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for This Day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera. For more information, birth dates, anniversaries, and amazing videos all about Lucha Libre, LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Uh, this week, I chose July the 20th, 1996 for the WWA Welterweight Championship match between Rey Mysterio and Juventud Guerrera that was held at War Wrestling's fourth anniversary show. Uh, I chose this match because I had seen it on a dubbed video of Rey's matches when I was younger. We kind of talked about the tape trading thing before, but I wanted to see it again and watch it with more educated eyes, and it was even better than I remembered. The W.W.A. welterweight belt was an important stepping stone in Mexico at the time, like it's currently held by Bandito, if that gives you any idea of its prestige. And it's been held by legit superstars like Eddie Guerrero, Psychosis Juventud, and again, Rey Mysterio, who would hold this title for the third and final time after winning this match. And he had a 216-day reign this time before losing to El Hijo del Santo. Um, this match is incredible. Ray and Hooventude were really the prototypes for this modern, high-flying style of luther match, and even all around the world, they were the prototype, and so it's cool for us to get a glimpse of their work outside of the U.S. So many of us, especially people my age, and like Brendan, I'm sure he's familiar with these, they had a lot of ECW and WCW work that we got to see, but their foreign work is still kind of unknown to a lot of fans that had seen that. I ended up watching the whole show after I watched the match. Uh, The entire show was a stacked card, but this match was easily the highlight of the show. It's available on the LuchaCentral.com YouTube feed, and I strongly suggest everybody check this out. It's just as good and it's just as relevant as their 2017 match at the Pro Wrestling World Cup, and it's an excellent primer for why Rey Mysterio is arguably the most famous luchador of all time and maybe the best.
4: It's great stuff.
3: Oh, it's, I cannot recommend this match enough. It takes place in Tokyo, and it's a early Rey Mysterio match, 1996. It's so good, though. Hooven 2, just at the top of his game. And they, I mean, on a card with, like, uh I'm trying to think, Jushin Liger was on. A lot of big names. Uh, Negro Casas, big names. They stole the show easily with this match, yeah. and it's it's one of the best Lucha matches I've ever seen, and it feels just as fresh now. I mean, it feels totally fresh watching it, and this happened 25 years ago, so it's really impressive that Rey Mysterio is still putting out these kinds of matches once in a while, and really, I mean, it's just a great, great early match to show you why he's the best at what he does. Excellent. Excellent. What did you pick this week, Brendan?
4: Uh, So uh, I uh, I thought I felt like I might have been copping out a little bit, but I realized we have uh, largely been talking about matches, but uh, this week in Lucha Libre history has uh, debuts frequently in it, uh, as Mm -hmm. well as uh, important important dates, birth dates, and other things in there. But we found I found uh, also on uh, July twenty sixth, but all the way back in nineteen forty two was the de- debut in uh Arena Mexico of El Santo. Oh, Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh so uh the 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 man under the mask had been using other me- gimmicks through the 30s. Um and then the story is that uh a promoter was uh Don Jesus Lome was uh putting together a new team of silver-themed wrestlers and he wanted he wanted uh the man that would become santo to, to be part of it and he was offered three names el santo el diablo or el angel and uh we know what he picked <laughs> <And> the rest <laughs> is kind of history, history. but oh, i mean yeah. yeah like that's uh i to me this was important because santo is the he's kind of the beginning of he really is larger than life lucha, luchador personas mm-hmm. he Yes. He did movies. He had comic books. He had songs written about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, anytime I'm walking around and I'm identified he, here, even all the way up here in Seattle, as wearing something lucha libre, I always get asked about Santo, or they can allude to some story, like the the guy that wore his mask his whole life, and I'm like, yeah, that's El Santo. Yeah. So, you know. So he is. Uh, he's the icon of lucha libre so that
3: he really that date, is he's the godfather
4: that, yeah that date July 26 uh, all the way back in 1942 uh it was was definitely worth mentioning in my in my opinion uh Miranda, so what did cool. you have so
0: I picked July 22nd, 1997. This is when Ultimo Dragon or Ultimo Dragon, won the WCW World Television Championship, beating Lord Steven Regal, as he was using at the time. Um, this was on an uh, episode of WCW Monday Night Nitro in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, actually, this date was a Tuesday. They were recording it, or it was live on a Tuesday, I believe, due to some uh, scheduling conflict uh, with uh, another uh, sporting Probably event happening the at the
1: time. Yeah, with yeah. the NBA. Um,
0: <laughs> so they ended up uh, recording this on a Tuesday, which was, you know, having it on a Tuesday. And uh, I picked this match because it is, you know, I've especially been. Really fun lately of Monday Night Nitro. I think I mm-hmm. undervalued. I haven't really watched a lot of Monday Night Nitro as an adult as much as I did as a kid. So now revisiting a lot of these matches and the scene in the 90s, especially with the cruiserweights, has been very fun for me. Now, this wasn't for the Cruiserweight Championship. It was for the World Television Championship. Um, but the match itself was a lot of fun. Very quick, just within you know, less than 10 minutes, Uh, but a lot happened in this match. Um, This was also pretty big because uh, Ultimo Dragon, he at this point was a face uh, with the company. He had just uh, parted ways with his manager, Sunny Ono at the time when they were heels and he's moved into a face role. So this uh, championship reign as well, I think was pretty big for his career because he was riding on a pretty big wave. Of popularity. Mm-hmm. Um, he was
3: extremely popular at the time.
0: He was. And he at was least only. Yeah, he was only in WCW for a few years, from 96 to 98. Um, So this was right in the middle of his time there. He would only be TV champion for less than 30 days. He would then lose this to Alex Wright at Clash of the Champions on August 21st. So it was a very short reign, something that, of course, wasn't uh, uh, out of the ordinary for WCW in those days, especially for these kind of mid-card belts. But um, the, the match itself was great. I mean Steven Regal, uh the his character just flowed so well with, with Ultimate Dragon. Um yeah. and, and he mm-hmm. uh, loved using the dragon sleeper hole too. So uh that that was a really That's fun very movie. Very cool. Yeah. And it, again, very quick match. Like, if you only have 10 minutes to watch anything, this is a really great quick match to, to watch. Um, and there is some footage, uh, on this week in Lucha or this day in Lucha history on, uh, luchacentral.com has a clip of it, which is pretty much the majority of the match. So you can get a lot oh, in right a short <laughs> amount of time, but it, it's, it's a fun time of revisiting some really good, uh, Lucha Libre, um, presented to the U.S.
4: I, uh, I I need to go back and watch that, because I don't remember this match very well. I remember the one where he lost it right after, which is why I made that groan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I
4: remember I, that, too. Yeah, I was so
3: disappointed as a kid. I, like
4: I was super upset, like very angry mm-hmm. about that.
3: <laughs> My first mask was Ultimo Dragon. I was a huge, huge fan, and so like anytime he'd lose, I'd take it personal. <laughs>
0: uh well when yeah. your kid wrestling is very personal to you, which is why mm-hmm. you know, when you grow up and you're still a wrestling fan as an adult,
4: you know that you were a true fan. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then <laughs> and then you have the calendar to look at stuff
3: like this. That's what's just, so cool. Yeah. Yeah, kind of reliving all of it. I'm like you mentioned, Miranda. I'm going to go back and try to watch the last year of WCW. Now <laughs> I always stopped at like mid '99 uh. because it it it's it, the same year I graduated high school. WCW ended like all at the same time, and it just felt like the end of an era for so many things in 2001. You know, like. And so it was kind of like poignant for me in a weird way to watch it because <laughs> it brought up, all. oh, I remember that. I remember when we watched that, you know, and stuff like that. So it's it. there's enough distance now that I'm going to watch the whole thing. I'm really excited about it, even though it's not going to be technically great. It'll be, be ready for a journey. Be, great. <laughs> be,
4: be ready for a journey. You will feel things. Not all of them will be good.
0: Well, you know, speaking about reliving things, Dusty, can you let our listeners know where they can find uh, this day in Lucha Libre?
3: Yes, it's at LuchaCentral.com. It's written every day by Pep Carrera. And he is just one of the best. He tells you just like it is, and he's got all the news and events. And be sure and check that out every day, again, at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for everything Lucha Libre.
0: And now a quick commercial from one of our partners, TheChairShot.com.
3: Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always your head.
0: Now, we've been talking a lot about masks since the very beginning of this show, but Dusty has some information, some breaking news. I don't know how breaking, but it's still (laughs) pretty recent news uh, on a luchador who has now their own online store.
3: Yeah, um, recently due to the pandemic, and honestly just a lack of available dates, and also he just celebrated his 78th birthday last week, so he's you know probably a little reticent to travel. But Lucha Libre legend Milmascaras has finally opened his own online shop at milmascarasoficial.com. Note that it's the Spanish spelling of official with only one F when you type it in. But he started selling autographed replicas of masks, T-shirts, hats, mm-hmm. mugs, pretty much anything you'd expect from Mo if you happen to catch him at a local show or a convention. His prices are uh, quite evenly compared to his live appearances. Autographed masks are selling in the roughly $200 to $240 range, depending on the exchange rate and depending which mask you want. Uh, the site, website has a great layout. It's easy to check out all the masks and see if there's anything you want. I really hope this leads to a wave of luchadors to start their own websites so we can start supporting our favorites by buying merchandise from them, uh, especially the masks. I would love to buy autographed masks, and there hasn't been a very clear avenue to do that through most luchadors. You kind of have to know somebody and then Yeah. And then you get it all worked out and they work with the middleman. But if they had a website where you could get it worked out, type in what you want to dedicate it, you know, your name or whatever on the mask. I I think that it's only a huge benefit. And I hope that a lot more luchadores follow his lead on this because I see so many masks and shirts I would love to buy from Mexico, but don't have a clear pathway to ordering them. Right.
4: <laughs> and to to a point you were kind of alluding to, a lot of luchadors don't like to sign third-party products. Exactly. Uh,
3: yeah. And
4: Mil Mascaras is, in fact, one of those guys. He, so, he won't,
3: from what I understand. He will sign nothing third-party. Like, you have so to ha- buy it from yeah. him.
4: Having an arrangement like this where you can get stuff that he is endorsing means mm-hmm. that you have, you have that direct line. There's no question about it because that is a thing that's in the – the fan community that we have to, we ask all the time, like if I buy this, is so-and-so going to sign it?
3: And, uh, you know, so we have to
4: do all that research all the time. And,
3: a lot of uh, times you'll, ma- makers yeah. will ask you, you know, are you buying mm. this for yourself or are you buying it to get signed? Because they'll leave their tag off if it's fine to be signed. The maker yeah. won't want to be associated with making the mask for you.
4: Which is, I think is unfortunate because makers I deserve do too. credit too.
3: Oh, I agree. So the, they're the real artists out there. I mean, the things yeah. that some of these craftsmen are able to come up with and the way they work together with the luchadors on what they Want Mm-mm. and their appearance and everything, yeah, they're invaluable to the entire Lucha Libre experience and definitely deserve more name brand recognition yeah. and credit.
4: They can't all be Lince Dorado and make their own mask. <laughs> yes, it's
3: true. And even <laughs> Lince doesn't have the time to make all of them anymore. He uses both Sancho Jr. and Jade masks occasionally oh. when he's busy. Since the lockdown and everything COVID, he's been having more time at home to work on things. But when he was touring and didn't have time, he used both jade masks and sancho jr and they really came out with some amazing stuff for him
4: oh yeah very cool story thank you you're welcome i was gonna say speaking
0: of things that we've talked about earlier we talked about uh espn mexico uh through that too they had an article uh with the Highlighting, you know, kind of one of the the more popular uh, luchadores in uh, Mexico right now. Brendan, can you share share more uh, about that with us?
4: Well, yeah, so uh, it it popped up. Um, Of course, the one person who doesn't read Spanish and has to rely on the Google Translate was the one that found it first. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Iguana had an article, on an interview on ESPN Mexico, which, uh, again, back to what we were talking about earlier, fascinated me just because ESPN was doing it. But Mr. Iguana is a very up-and-coming indie guy who... We talked about recently doing the uh, the the tournament, the Lucha Fighter tournament that AAA was mm-hmm. hosting. Um, and he's got a very fun and interactive personality. He's um, oh, he's got a little more appeal to uh, your your the kids and the casual fans. So I was very excited to see that this sort of thing was was happening. Um, one of the bigger takeaways that uh, we were discussing is that he was making plans to move to Mexico City before. COVID hit. I don't know if he's still making those plans or not. But um
3: I believe he is, according to the article that he's later this year, you know, that he still yeah. intends to move. Excellent.
4: Uh and there were there were a couple of other things on there. I don't uh we were we were discussing this very quickly before we went on the air because it was a last minute edition. But uh did either of you have any other takeaways from this uh interview that you wanted to, to bring up? Because otherwise it's just fun and cool.
3: Yeah, he, he mentioned a little bit that he uh you know was a friend and that he was kind of being compared to La Parca in terms of his appeal to kids and casuals and mm-hmm. that he really appreciated that because he was friends with La Parca too, uh Chewy LaParca. And that he was actually at the show where La Parka died, and oh. so he thought that La Parka had the, the best energy and the best advice that anybody in wrestling could give you, and that he really wants to take that up and kind of you know run with yeah. that. If he if he's the next Parka, he wants to serve his memory justice through oh. it. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's incredible and poignant and so touching that. You know, he really talked about what a great guy he was, and that he hoped he could live up to to be that guy.
4: And, and those are some big shoes to fill. Like that, a lot mm-hmm. of people remember the, uh, the the performer that is now La Park, but La Parka too was so good at that comedy wrestling style while still, oh, he still
1: was. being
4: while still being hardcore and flying and all of that. That it was just he a was- treat to watch him.
3: He was great as Caris La Momia, too. I actually have one of those masks. I vividly remember that from being like a tween to teenager, like, because we got it on a satellite feed and it had no translation. And I I vividly remember seeing the mummy. And so I I loved all that. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's amazing how long his career was and how many different things he was great at. Especially but, uh, for being tied up in somebody else's gimmick, you know, being
4: yeah. stepping <laughs> yeah, into exactly. Laparca
3: rather yeah. than his own thing. He was,
4: which is a fantastic. huge advantage. Mr. Iguana is going to have because exactly. I have seen a gimmick like that yeah. before, and I love it. Oh, yeah. it's
3: so unique
4: and it stands so- out.
0: It's really funny. I liked how uh, they talked or mentions about his uh, education, that he has a degree in communications and that during his time as a student is when he really became interested in Lucha Libre um that i thought you know it's always interesting to hear those as far as how people get interested and involved in the sport and to echo mm-hmm. what Dusty said just about he's very passionate about being an example for the youth um and uh you know the, the way that he's perceived by kids and family so i thought that was just a very endearing something that really just makes you root for him more mm-hmm. and want to see him succeed
4: absolutely um, I can I can say with fairly good certainty that we there are a couple of matches of his that are floating around on Lucha Central. Um, mm-hmm. I personally was exposed to him to uh, at the the Expo Lucha. So if uh, oh that's
1: if, so cool. If
4: right. his matches from there are up there, those are great spots. Great spots to start. Uh, but there are other matches of his definitely on Lucha Central. So if you're hearing this and you want to see this entertaining new guy, because we, uh, you haven't found much of the stuff yet. We've got you covered. Yeah.
0: And speaking of luchacentral.com, don't forget to follow them on Facebook. Follow the website, uh, on Facebook, uh, and Instagram at Lucha central. There you're going to be able to find links to articles and news that's on luchacentral.com. Also, uh, you can follow them on Twitter at Lucha Central com. So just make sure it's Lucha Central com on Twitter. It is just luchacentral on Facebook and Instagram. And, and as Brendan mentioned, of course, the YouTube page has a ton of video of Lucha Libre matches and in interviews. Uh, but speaking of social media, gentlemen, I'm going to have to give the floor to you so you can let our listeners know where they can find you. Dusty, uh, let us know where you're at on social media.
3: Yeah, I am Instagram.com slash Dusty Murphy at Dusty Murphy and Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. I actually got quite a few friends this week from the podcast last week. So if you add me from the podcast, be sure to drop a note, say hello. Let me know that you're a listener. I appreciate it.
0: Okay. And Brendan, where can our listeners find you on social media? Uh,
4: I am on Instagram and Twitter. It's 321T uh, shirt guy on both. Um I too would really like it if you uh if you found me on either of those places, let me know where you found me so I know this is working and I'm not just talking to myself. <laughs> uh, but uh I, I think it's
3: working now. <laughs> I had more requests last week than I have in a long time. Yeah.
0: You're talking to us too. We're here. <laughs> we and are here. Well
4: you're yeah, that's a three on. way. You're not on Twitter. It's it's I'm I'm That all is also right. true.
1: <laughs> that is that also is a fact. true. Yes. <laughs> that
0: is fact. Uh, the, and as Brendan that, mentioned, ah, yeah, right. I am not on Twitter. So uh, <laughs> Brendan is taking messages for me at three two one t shirt guy. So if anyone needs to get a hold of me on Twitter, just <laughs> just let Brendan know.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, and me, well, Miranda Morales, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out. We are still accepting uh, entries for our trio names. Uh, Brendan, do we have any updates as to uh, any additional names that have been suggested to us?
4: Not this week. We, uh, we we have a little more radio silence this week, but I I can on, feel the everyone. creative gears going.
0: Come on, don't make me <laughs> clap. I need people to participate. You could win a shirt if you (laughs) (laughs) – my syllables are getting all mixed up now (laughs) – if you try hard enough. Uh, So feel free to let us know uh, on YouTube or any of our social medias page. I mean, this is – we are a trio, and what kind of Lucha Libre podcast would would we be if we didn't have a trio's name? So uh, please – Feel free to leave any suggestions. Uh your your name could be, you, you know, your suggestion could be picked. And if that's the case, you may be able to win a t shirt. So uh just just let us know. But of course uh, not only let us know on social media, but don't forget as you are listening to this show, um, or any of the other shows on the Lucha Central podcast network that you rate and subscribe, review, let us know what you think of our shows, uh, feel free to provide feedback and, and uh, you know, just what what are your thoughts on the show? Are there things that we should be covering? Are there things you would like for us to cover? Uh, we'd be happy to get that feedback. Uh, I'm Miranda Morales, and for Dusty and Brendan, thank you all for listening. We will be back next week, so make sure you tune in.